The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Thank you, Father, that I may know you like I've never known you before, that I may know you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, we ask that you send your word to us again tonight. We are grateful for all the help that we have been enjoying from you, from the wisdom, from the strength, from the instructions and the directions that you have been sending to us at this time. Send your word to us again. Help us to be all that you've ordained for us to be for such a time as this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody shout a louder amen. amen. All right, you can be seated. Please help me welcome a, a neighbor. Um, let's, well, okay, just, uh, just flow where you are. That's okay, no problem. It's, it's good to see your pretty and handsome faces. How has your week been? Come on, let me hear you. How has your week been? All right. Has God been good to somebody? All right. I'm not going to call anybody up and we're not going to take any details, but just um, as a witness to God, um, as God bless you, do you have a testimony that you just want to let God know, Lord, I recognize something you did and I just want to praise you. Can somebody wave their hand and just appreciate God? Is there anybody that is grateful to God for what he has done and what he has been to us? Hallelujah. I want you to know we need God more than ever before in these days we are living in. Praise God. In these days we are living in and God is ever committed to us in the different areas of our lives. Hallelujah. And he's going to help us. Glory be to God. First Timothy chapter 6. Let's get started. Let's cover as much ground as we can. We started teaching along these lines from last week. Taking, take it by force is what we call it. And the, the simple concept again is the things that God has prophesied over our lives. I want to close with that as we come. The things that God has given us already. The things that God has made available for us. We, we need to lay hold on them and take them. And many times that requires us to be forceful. You have to be forceful. Praise God. You, you can't, please listen to me very carefully and look at me. You can't afford to be weak. You can't afford to be intimidated by your challenges or difficulties. You can't afford to be fearful. You may go through trials, you may go through tribulations and challenges, but your response always has to be forceful. And there's a place where that kind of strength and force comes from. I think Pastor Leia really laid a very good foundation last week, talking about the fact that it starts with the word of God, the word God gives us. That's where our strength really comes from. And the force we have to exert to be able to take what God has given to us, what God has prepared for us, what God has made available for us. I keep going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Very, very powerful scripture. The things that eyes have not seen, the things that ears have not heard, the things that have not entered the hearts of men that God has prepared for those that love him. Can somebody declare, God has prepared some great things for me. In this season. Hallelujah. God has prepared great things for me. God has prepared wonderful things for me. In Jeremiah 33, another popular scripture we quote and, and pray, Lord said, call unto me, I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. So he has prepared them and he wants us to experience them at the appropriate time, at the appointed time. 
but we need to be, and I really want you to get what God is saying us, you need to be forceful. See, in that Jeremiah 33 that I just quoted, it said, call unto me. And in the different things, when I say forceful, I want you to cut it across because I mean when you pray, be forceful in your prayer. I love the way Michael said leading worship tonight. When you are praising, when you are worshiping, be forceful in your worship. When you are reading the word, when you are studying the word, when you are meditating the word, when you are trying to believe the word and the prophecy God has given you, be forceful. Don't be weak about it. Don't be scared about it. Don't be doubtful about it. Hallelujah. James talked about that. said, if you lack wisdom, when you are going through trials, tribulations, one of the best things you need is wisdom. So he said, ask God for wisdom. And says, when you ask, ask in faith. Don't be doubtful. He said, the, the person that is doubtful, and th that's where I'm bringing this forceful thing. You, you have to be um, tenacious. Be convinced about what God is telling you. And again, it's not something that you just conjure up with your physical strength. No, it comes from the word. 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. Let's, let's start our journey tonight. Fight the good fight of faith. And I want you to underscore that word, fight. I want you to underline it in our discussion, fight. And you see things like this. God in, in telling us what he wants us um, to have and how he wants us to get what he has prepared for us. You will, you will see him giving us these signs that it's not just going to happen willingly in that sense. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Eternal life is what God gives us. In fact, it is given to us the moment we, get, we got born again. The Spirit of God comes to dwell inside of us. The life of God comes to dwell inside of, inside of us. But he said, lay hold on it. So it's possible to be carrying it. The other day I was talking about John G. Lake. The, um, that great missionary of God that went to South Africa. And the, the, the kind of revelation he had about divine health. How in his hometown in the United States, the government got to a point where they recognized it. It was, I believe it was actually given a certificate by the state that the health and the well-being of people in the city had improved because of his healing ministry. And he was forceful about his conviction when it came to faith, particularly with healing. Forceful about his con conviction. To the point where when, when a virus broke out, it, it was helping the government people could not bury the dead. And it was helping them gather corpses. And even showing them with experiments. And they saw germs dying when they looked through the microscope in his hands. Again, documented. Lay hold on it. It takes force to lay hold on the life God has given us. Lay hold on it. Oh, hallelujah. Lay hold on it. Apostle Paul was teaching about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Let me read this verse first before I get into that. Lay hold on eternal life to which you also are called. This is something God wants you to have. He has called you to it. To which also you have called and have confessed the good confession. You have accepted it. You, are, you have declared I'm a believer. You have declared I believe I have the life of God. You have declared I believe I'm a child of God. You have, God has called. You have accepted it. You have made the good confession. You know here every church, every Sunday we make confession. We declare God's word that our father in the faith has given us for the month. We declare it together. That's beautiful. But after you have made the confession... As you go about in life, you have to be forceful to lay hold. Hallelujah. 
to which you have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Paul was talking about the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And he talked about love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, all those fruits. To, to, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, we have to be forceful. There will be times where things will happen. We may have to go through some dark trying seasons, like some of the things that are besieging our world here and there. With all the things that are breaking out in the Middle East now, people are worried about, ah, is there going to be another major war and things like that. Things like that may happen. And those things may want to steal your joy, steal your peace, steal your confidence in the promises of God, but in the promises of God, but you need to be forceful. And you need to take what God has given you by force. Hallelujah. Can somebody declare, I take it by force? I can't hear you tonight. Say, I take it by force. You know, Jesus said the kingdom of God suffered violence since the days of John the Baptist. Popular text. Yeah, but the violent take it. Somebody say, I take it by force. Hallelujah. Genesis 1. I want to go back all the way to the beginning again. This concept of force also comes in. When God blessed us, Genesis 1:28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, These are our marching orders. This is how we were created. This is how we were designed. And this is how we were blessed. This is how you are blessed. See, when God said, He said here, God blessed them. And the blessing was in what he said over us. And he told us to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth. The old King James says replenish. And then this final two, they, they start giving us that, this, this picture. Like Paul was saying, fight. The good fight. I love the fact that I called it the good fight. Somebody said, a good fight is a fight you will win at the end of the day. A good fight. I'm sure, you know, I, I, I love football. Well, I watch football. So, I was watching um, qualifiers of the continental competitions are going on. The Euros are going to take place next year, African Cup of Nations. So nations were playing the last two days. And I was watching England yesterday. And for the first time in a very long time, the English team, they have a very, very powerful team. This is probably one of the best teams they've ever assembled. So they are so confident that ah, they are going to win this competition, the Euro. They almost won it the last time they got to the final and they lost just barely on penalties. And I actually think, personally, I think they were the better team. But the truth of the matter is it's not necessarily the better team that wins. It's not necessarily the biggest team that wins. It's not necessarily the strongest team that wins. It's the team that fights the most on that day. So even though they have probably the best, definitely they have the wealthiest players, the Premier League is the biggest, they make the most money, they have the best facilities, they have the, all the, the world's best players want to play in the Premier League, the best coaches are there, everything, the best is there. But that doesn't necessarily mean you win. So you, you prepare yourself, you do everything, but when you come to that field, for the 90 minutes or however long is the team usually that fight. And many times that's what makes the difference. Because the opposition, talking football now, please, we'll see bring it between us and the devil. You see, it's not like Satan is as strong as God or the power of darkness is as strong as, as light. When you turn on the light, darkness disappears. So they are not on any level. But... Even if you have light, 
or God, and you are going against the devil that is weaker than you, I'm still coming back to the football analogy, you can have all the backing in the world, you can have all the wisdom in the world, you can, have, you can be the best team. If you don't fight, you may not win. And you see that in, 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 in soccer, in sports generally, particularly when two Almost, again, Satan and God are not almost equal. But when two competing, two of us are fighting for gold. I want to win it. You want to win it. And we have played qualifications. We've played preliminaries. We have now made it to the final. And we are aging many times what the people that usually win are people that just put in that extra. Somebody shout fight. Ah, you're not shouting, no. So it's interesting that in our blessing, our blessing cannot be possible if you are not willing to subdue. And that's a picture of fighting. She said, be fruitful, multiply, fill up. All that is beautiful. But he now subdue. Then not only, if it was only subdue that was there, he now said, have dominion. And the picture there is very, very simple. Even if you are fruitful, let's use your finances, for example. So you came, you, you, you started working in the blessing. We, we talked talk about wearing the blessing. You came into that revelation, and you are now wearing the blessing. You are going to work, and you are blessed. You are going for that contract, and blessed. You are going for that project, and blessed. And you are conscious of it. And you are walking in the blessing, and the blessing starts producing for you. You are seeing fruitfulness. You are being fruitful. Wow. You made 1,000 naira the first day. The second week, you are now making 10,000 naira. Two, three months, you are now at 100,000 naira. You are being fruitful. Then, like we said on Sunday, you learn the place of you need to have a mind that multiplies. You, you now get to consider of 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, a thousand times better. Then you come into that flow of the blessing from your 100,000 naira. You now multiply and now making 2 million in the same period of time. Multiplication has the beginning. So you are, you are walking in fruitfulness, be fruitful. You are walking in multiplication. You are now filling up. Filling up means you are expressing it in different areas. So maybe you were a single guy before, a single girl. Now, ah, you are now get, you've now gotten married. You are now having children. You are now building houses. Different things you are filling up. That blessing is it's affecting different areas of your life. Filling up. If you don't know how to subdue the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to work, and come and just take everything away. To subdue simply means be in charge. In other words, there are going to be contending factors. This is where I'm going tonight contending factors that want to take the fruitfulness you've started experiencing, take the multiplication you've started experiencing, take the filling up you've started experiencing. If you don't know how to sub subdue, is like Jesus told this parable. He said, when a man stands guard and is awake in his house, the thief cannot come and just come and rob him. You, 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 are, you are standing strong. Except you come with a stronger man. See, subdue is that one that, ah, no, you can't rob me. You can't rob my health. I know my promise. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm, I'm not just enjoying healing. I'm not just enjoying good health. I'm maintaining it. That's subduing. And because you are always the stronger man, because God is on your side, nobody is stronger than God. Hello, somebody. If you will walk in subduing, and that takes a fight, no thief can come and steal and kill and destroy. And if he tries it, permit me to say, if you will continue walking in your subduing. You are not bowing to the devil. You are not afraid of the devil. You are not intimidated of the devil. You are fighting. Whatever he steals, God will restore. Subdue. And then he talked about have dominion. Dominion simply means you are in total control. Where even the devil doesn't want to try you. 
Dominion is what God is enjoying in heaven. Where they have not even tried to make anybody sick there or to make anybody die there. Total control. And listen to me, that takes a fight. And that requires us to be forceful. Are you still here with me tonight? Forceful. Let me touch briefly on something we shared on Sunday about having the mindset of prosperity. Do you know you have to be forceful to have a prosperity mindset? Have to be forceful. Go with me again to 2 Corinthians 10. Let's look at it there again. Somebody shout, I take it by force. My healing, I take it by force. My sound health, I take it by force. My sound marriage, I take it by force. My prosperity, I take it by force. All that God has prepared for me. I can't hear somebody tonight. All that heaven has ordained for me to enjoy, I take it by force. I will subdue. I will have dominion. I will fight the good fight of faith. And I will lay hold of what eternal life offers me. Really, that's what Paul meant here when he said lay hold on eternal life. He's not telling you to go and start looking for eternal life. That's not what he was saying. Because we already have eternal life in us. He's telling us that what eternal life offers. What does the life of God offer us? Take that by force. And we need to take it by force because of what Apostle Paul was saying here. 2 Corinthians 10. Let, let's read again from verse 3. So, though we walk in the flesh, we live in an earthly tabernacle. And that's even another reason why we must have this forceful mentality. Our flesh is weak. Apostle Paul said the outward man is perishing day by day. We don't talk about it a lot, and we shouldn't really, particularly we believers, because we have a promise that with long life, God will satisfy us and show us his salvation. But the simple truth is, every day that goes by, you are closer to your grave. <laughs> that is simple truth. Like the Yorubas we say, I hope I'm quoting it right. Um, so somebody named himself Maku, that means I will not die. I'm like, God, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> That's your name that you have called yourself. As long as you are in the flesh, oh, going to die. It's dying day. It's weak. It's frail. It's frail. And if you are not careful, it will program your mind, going back to what we talked about on Sunday, to develop a weak mindset. Set your mind you are not your flesh. Somebody shout, I'm a spirit made in the image and likeness of God. It's not our flesh that is made in the image and likeness of God. It's our spirit, man. It's our spirit, man. God is not weak. God is not dying day by day. He said the inward man, the outward man dies, but the inward man is being renewed. God is opposite of our flesh, actually. I won't have time to go into that tonight, but you read Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 8. Apostle Paul dwelt a lot about that. He said those that follow after the flesh, they cannot enjoy, or they can, let me, Rephrase, they cannot lay hold on what eternal life offers them. Except you walk in the spirit. Because it's the spirit 
that is made in the image and likeness of God. And we have to program our mind that way. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you tonight, that requires force. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Somebody shall war. War. Fight. Fight. You may get up one morning. <laughs> I like the way somebody said it today. They said, I had to peel myself from the bed. <laughs> I had to peel myself. My, my body wanted to stay glued to the bed. You, I peel. In other words, you know when you peel something, part of it is still left there. I force. <laughs> because you are not sick. And you are not weak. Somebody shout, I'm the healed of the Lord. Like we prayed this morning, Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the armor of God. Put it on. Told Timothy, be strong in the grace. So you apply force. The weapons of our warfare. See this image again? It's a fight. It's a good fight. Somebody shout good fight. Good fight means I am the English team here. I'm the best team. Do you know you're on the best team? If God be for you, who can be against you? Any competition, sir, you have the best defense. You have the best attack. You have the best striker. You have the best goalkeeper. You have the best coach. Hallelujah. You have the best helper. All that is left now is, look, no matter how good you are, you are, you are England, if you don't show up for the competition, you will not win that competition. If you show up and you don't fight, let me give you a little analysis. Yesterday's match, they were playing with Italy. The Italian team is far weaker than the English team now. Most of their experienced players have retired. Italy defeated England in the last Euro competition. They beat, they, in fact, they beat England in their home. But the Italian team there, they had experienced players. They had the best defense. They managed to win the game. But most of their players have now retired. The people that won the competition was four years ago. Well, three years, almost four years. So they are now rebuilding their team. So on paper, the English team is stronger. When the match started yesterday, the Italian team scored first. <laughs> and for a while, it looked like England was going to lose. But when they blew the final whistle, England won 3-1. But it took a fight. That's how you are. You may look as if you are losing now. But you can't lose. Can somebody shout, I can't lose? You have the best team. You have the best attack. You have the best angels. You know our own angels are better than the devil's angels, the demons. You have the best coach. Holy Ghost is better than the devil. But all that will not make any difference if you don't what? So Satan may have scored one goal or two goals. And it looks like you are behind. And you are not making progress. But God is telling you, fight. Hallelujah. And the simple truth is that if you fight, you will win. Hallelujah. Let me close. Isaiah 60. We'll begin to close. One thing we need to fight for, and God said, and I think this prophecy captures it, Isaiah 60, more than ever before. One thing, God said, one thing my people need to fight for. One thing, particularly these times we are living in. I'm going to say it in two parts, but it's the same thing. It's the fulfillment of our prophecies and the fulfillment of our destiny. They are inter interwoven. Our prophecy is a pointer to our destiny. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. It has not entered the hearts of men. The destiny, where God is taking you to. Yesterday, we said we must have a mindset that can 
program and see God that this is a God that can take you from the you among and set you among the princes. You must have that kind of mindset if you are going to walk with God. Because even though you are in the ash heap now, ash heap means you are the lowest of the low. That's what Gideon was telling God. Ah, why are you calling me? My tribe is the smallest in Israel. My family is the smallest in my tribe. I am the smallest in my family. And now that the enemies are attacking us, now that there are challenges, I'm hiding, shredding wheat. The Bible said it was shredding wheat in the wine press. He was afraid of the, was it Midianites, the enemy? And that's not the kind of attitude you must have. Or the mindset you must have. Yeah, things may be going against you. Things may be going against your family. Things may be going against your tribe. Things may have gone against your nation. But you can't be afraid if you are going to fulfill your destiny. And then God now came to him and God told him. And this is where we must, what, what we said the other day, when Paul said, who has instructed God. See, when you begin to wrestle with God's word to you. So God came to Gideon and said, man of valor. He initially was like, who are you talking to? But he came, thank God, he, he had that attitude that if God says I'm a man of valor and me, I'm thinking I'm a fearful man, hiding, shredding, um, processing my wheat in the wine press, you are supposed to be threading grapes in the wine press. Everything was just upside down in his life. But now accepted the mind of Christ or the mind of God. Okay, I'm a man of valor. And he came out and he came to fight. And when he fought, he experienced victory. That's us. That's us. So we need to take our prophecy by force. And take your destiny by force. Somebody say, I take my prophecy by force. Can you shout now? And I take my destiny by force. What God says to us is a pointer to where he's taking us to. You are a mighty man of valor. You are a mighty woman of valor. You are not weak. You are not defeated. Oh, you may have considered the first goal, but the game is still on. And can I tell somebody something? The game of life is not 90 minutes. Football is 90 minutes. The game of life is not 90 minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not that God is a cheeto. Not that God is 419. But it's good to know that your father is the referee of the match. It doesn't mean he's going to cheat. No, God is not. God is holy. It's good to know that your God is the judge. Not that God will circumvent the law, but it's good to enter the courtroom and you see your Abba Father <laughs> as the judge. You enter the game of life and you see your Abba Father. Ah, he loves me now. If God be for me, who can be against me? It's good to just know that ah, the referee is on my side. <laughs> uh, my dad used to play football when he was younger. And they had all this local level football. And they said they, he said they would be in some tough games. And the referee was on their side. And when it looks as if they are not winning, the referee just said, just enter the penalty box. <laughs> the referee just entered. If they touch you, just go. <laughs> And because it's the local referee, once he will go, and that's the penalty. <laughs> if you now don't score the penalty, you're your own. But <laughs> when when there were many times I win, but he said there are some games that, and it was like that all over. Everyone you go to your opponent's home as well, the referee will be biased to them. So when they go to those tight games, the referee just tell them, just, just enter the penalty box. Just so even if they just <laughs> God is not like that. But God is on your side. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God is on my side. 
So God told me to tell us tonight, as we begin to close, Isaiah 60 verse 1, arise. Shine. And you should take this prophecy, and I'm just using Isaiah 60 so that, because this one is like a common prophecy to all of us. I don't know what God has told you in your own private place. But fight. Take your prophecy by force. Use your prophecy to set your mind. Use your, I love this Isaiah. It's one of the prophecies I love reading a lot. Particularly when I'm even going through discouraging times. Because, like I said on Sunday, you, you take the word of God or the prophecy of God and you program your, it may not look like your circumstances. You may have considered one goal or two goals or three goals. But set your mind on things above. Your light has come. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, my light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Now look at this. This really talks to the times and seasons where I behold, there's darkness everywhere. Darkness shall cover the earth. Deep darkness, the people. But you are a man of prophecy. You are a woman of prophecy. You are a man with a destiny. You are a woman with a destiny. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord shall arise over you. And his glory will be seen. Praise God. Somebody shout, his glory will be seen upon me. I can't hear you. Say, his glory will be seen upon me. Say it like you have a fight in you. His glory will be seen upon me. Say it like you are taking something by force. His glory will be seen upon me. Do you, do you know how you take prophecy by force? Jesus gave us a very good example. When he came to the synagogue, we read in Luke chapter 4, and the Bible said you open to Isaiah 61, the next chapter. Yeah. And Isaiah 61, to like Isaiah 60, he said, it's a prophecy. And he read the prophecy. It was the prophecy about the Christ. This is taking things by force. And the Bible said he didn't even finish reading the old prophecy. He stopped at verse 2. He just started reading it. And the Bible said he began to tell them, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. That's taking your prophecy by force. On the way to taking your destiny by force. So it meant, please hear me. I'm still going to go back to Isaiah 60. A few juicy. Praise God. It, it meant, please watch this. And I know you may never have thought about this before. But it's so important that we grasp this truth. What that Luke chapter 4 was showing us about Isaiah 60 is that it was possible, even though it wasn't the plan of God, even though it wasn't the agenda of God, it was somewhere in the realm of infinite possibilities, there is a sliver of possibility that Jesus could have come and he would have just lived an ordinary man and lived as a carpenter, he, he became 30. He didn't take that turn that he did to the baptism of John. And he got anointed and became what we know him to be. But instead, he married a wife, had four children. He even lived to be 200 years. Let's even dash him 200 years. I like dashing people 200 years. We even give you 200 years. <laughs> he died at 33. But he died with his prophecy and his destiny fulfilled. But there was a possibility if he did not take Isaiah 61 by force. What was it by force? The, the people he read it to you sometimes, they did not believe it. Do you know the Bible said Jesus went about there teaching them, if you don't believe it, me, I will believe it for myself. And they will go to the next village and if they believed it, the prophecy will be fulfilled. If they didn't believe it, it will go to the next one. When they hanged him on the cross and killed him, the people that killed him did not believe the prophecy. But he believed the prophecy. I've said this a thousand and one times about Abraham and the patriarchs. Hebrews 11 told us that when they died, they had not seen the fullness of the manifestation of what God prophesied. But they are taking the prophecy by force. 
to the point where even though they could not give their children an inheritance of the manifestation, they could give their children an impartation of faith of their prophecy. They could impart. I mean, when people die now, they, they, they will give you land in their will. They will give you cars. They will give you houses. They will give you jewelry. That's what ordinary people, ordinary men live for their children. But not the patriarchs. And they had been practicing it. When um, Isaac sent Jacob away, he didn't give him any money. When Abraham died, the Bible said he gave his gifts to the other children. But to Isaac, he gave him the blessing. They, they had been practicing it. What were they imparting? This is what God said about us. That one day we will own this land. We will multiply like the stars in heaven. We will multiply like... They didn't have the manifestation. But they took it by force. But that's really what taking it by force is. Taking it by force is I believe it. Even though I don't look like it. That is mental force. I believe it, even though I don't sound like it. That's false. You can't convince me I don't have it. My circumstances can't convince me I don't have it. The government, they were persecuted by the greatest government on earth. It's like the U.S. government chasing you now. Like they're chasing a mass. <laughs> but they could not shake their faith off. So let's look at a few, th a few things we should take by force here. And you start from where you are. Hallelujah. Let me read the ones. There are so many of them, but I want to read just two or three that I think. If I start talking to you about children and plenty of children, that one may not. That one could have excited Abraham, but maybe you. But verse 5 should excite you. Then you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy. Somebody shout now, my heart will swell with joy. Ah, you may be sad, you may be depressed, you may be discouraged, you may not be happy with certain things, but can you hear your prophecy tonight? Your heart will swell with joy. Take it by force. Take it by force. Why, should you ask, why will your heart swell with joy? Because the abundance of the sea, hallelujah, shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. That looks very far from us. But I can tell you, child of God, when Abraham died, that he will be the father of many nations was far from him. When Jesus died on the tree, that he will be the savior of the world was far from him. But they took their prophecy by force. Hallelujah. And they imparted it to the next generation. When Jesus was living, his disciples that he imparted the vision to and that he imparted the grace to, they were running like fugitives. They did not look like apostles of the Savior of the world. They didn't look like it. But they took their prophecy by force. Somebody said, I take my prophecy by force. Verse 6, the multitude of camels shall cover your land. We don't drive camels these days. What do we drive? Uh -huh. Praise God. Verse 7, all the flocks of Kedah shall be gathered to you. Those are wealth, animals. The rams of Nebuchadnezzar shall minister to you. Hallelujah. Verse 9, surely the coastland shall wait for me. The ships of Tashish will come first to bring their sons from far, their silver and their gold. Hallelujah. Ah, you may be far from, it may, many of these things look so far from us. Now, you know this prophecy, please catch this. It was a prophecy over the nation of Israel. And this will actually encourage us. And 
look at what the Jews have gone through. Many Jewish people, individual families now, they live the fulfillment of these prophecies because their fathers believed it. But many of their descendants there, they're not even practicing the faith as it were. But the Jewish nation is one of the most powerful and the, the richest nations on the face of the earth. And simply, their fathers just took their prophecy by force. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's read verse 17 and then we'll begin to pray. From verse 17 till the end. Hallelujah. Instead of bronze, I will give you gold. Instead of iron, I will give you silver. You know that gold is more than bronze. Silver is more than iron. Instead of wood, bronze. And instead of stones, I will give you iron. Hallelujah. He will keep making you better and better. Can I hear a loud amen? I will make your officers peace. I will make your magistrates righteousness. Glory be to God. Violence shall no longer be had in your land. Hallelujah. Neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your world salvation. And your gates shall be called praise. Glory be to God. The sun shall no longer be your light by day. Nor the brightness, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. Can somebody declare tonight, God is my light. And your God shall be your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. And the days of your mourning shall be ended. Hallelujah. What you used to cry about before, you will soon begin to laugh about it in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Like Sarah, those that laughed at you, they will come and laugh with you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Verse 21, also your people shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Will somebody declare out loud tonight, God will be glorified in my life and through my life. That's your prophecy. That's your destiny. And we read this last Sunday. I want to close with it again tonight. A little one shall become a thousand. That means God will make you one thousand times better than you are right now. Hallelujah. But a small one so literally smaller than small. Shall become what? Hallelujah. The small one shall become a strong nation. You know, thank God for the days we live in. I can imagine how can one man be like a nation. There are men that live like that. There are some men, the billionaires of this world. They have more money than some countries. The budget of their company. The balance sheet of their company. The cash of their company, companies like Apple, the cash they have in the bank is more than the cash that many countries, many have. So God was not lying when he said, who has instructed the Lord? So God can look at you, you will be greater than a nation. That's like God coming to Gideon, man of valor. The question is, will you fight for it? And will you take it by force? Rise on your feet and declare, in my life, I can't hear you say in my life, this prophecy shall be fulfilled. Say it again, in my life, all my prophecies, including this one, shall be fulfilled. A little one shall become a thousand. A small one, a strong nation. The Lord will hasten it in its time. Can you open your mouth and begin to pray? But pray with force. Pray like you are taking your prophecy by force. We can keep quoting this one and stay on this one. A little one will become a thousand. A small one, a strong nation. That is my destiny. That is the fulfillment of my prophecy. A little one will become a thousand. 
a small one a strong nation a little one will become a thousand a small one a strong nation a little one a thousand my prophecy my prophecy I shine for my light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon me I shine brightly I radiate the glory of the Lord darkness may cover the earth gross darkness people of the earth but I shine I shine I shine oh that's my prophecy that's my destiny I take it by force ha! I take it by force I am not afraid I am not doubtful I believe the word of the Lord who has known the mind of the Lord that he can instruct him ha! I can't instruct God God instructs me I can't prophesy to God God prophesies to me and God says it's my time to shine like light in a dark world so I take my prophecy by force I take it by force I take it by force I take it I take it I take it I believe it for myself instead of bronze I have gold <laughs> instead of iron I have silver instead of wood I have bronze instead of stones I have iron things are getting better and better for me in every aspect of my life I'm making progress from bronze to gold from stones to iron my path keeps shining brighter and brighter unto the perfect day everlasting joy that is my portion that is my destiny that is my prophecy I will not be drowned with mourning I will be satisfied with joy in the name of Jesus take your prophecy by force somebody Gideon, you are a man of valor. Take your prophecy by force. Take your destiny by force. You are a man of valor. You are a woman of valor. Take it by force. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? And will he not do it? Take it by force. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.